This is the Hockey News Prospect Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Hockey News Prospect Podcast. I'm Stephen Ellis. That's Ryan Kennedy. Ryan, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. All right. So it's been a, I'd say interesting week for prospect news. We saw the start of exhibition or I should say scrimmage games for team Canada, the world juniors and the only team that's actually doing a training camp right now. And of course they had to cancel their final exhibition or again, scrimmage game uh, due to a couple of COVID cases within the team. Uh, so that's kind of unfortunate because that was one of the more interesting things to follow. There's not a lot of prospect stuff to watch. So as a result, we're going to start this podcast talking about some, or, talking about some questions that we've been receiving. And we do have a very special interview with Luke Hughes later in this show. But let's start with some of the prospect questions. And actually, let's start with a Team Canada-related one. And it is from Danny Krushak. And he asks, will Team Canada have a big advantage at the World Juniors because of the extended camp? Because the one thing you look at the teams, they have to be all together by December 6th, like all the players that will be making the team. It doesn't have to be the final cuts, at least. Um, And... For that to happen, a lot of those teams won't actually start camp until then. But Team Canada started last week. And other than this little bit of a hiccup where they had to stop due to COVID, they've been going strong. So do you think they have an advantage? Well, initially I would have said yes. But now because of the situation in Alberta, I'm kind of thinking no. The thing with Canada, they brought a lot of players. And you know we were already thinking we were going to see roster cuts after that third intra-squad game. And that obviously didn't happen because the game itself was canceled. But, you know, you have these European teams where the players by and large have been playing a regular season, Um, you know, particularly in Russia, you know, that junior league has been humming along all season and you've had players called up to the KHL to get in games there as well. You know, Sweden and Finland have been going fairly well. I know there have been some some cancellations at, at certain levels in leagues, but they've been playing fairly consistently as well. The Americans are a bit in the same boat, but at least you've got USHL players who have had, you know, the full exhibition schedule. And, and of course, you know, you've got the college players that have begun their season, whereas with Team Canada – the OHL and WHL kids, this camp has been their first real competition. And, you know, with the exception of the Quebec kids who by and large have had some games, it's just been such an odd season. And because of the positive cases in Canada's bubble, we really don't know what the rest of camp is going to look like. They were supposed to play a slate of exhibition games against U sports teams and U sports being Canadian university teams, which are typically made up of players that went to major junior and and did not land professional contracts. So they are great competition for the Canadian world junior team because they're typically a bunch of like 23 year olds who had major junior experience and and were pretty decent, uh, you know, during their heyday. Now, you know, how do those teams and how does U sports feel about, pitting some of their players against these Canadian players that may have been exposed to the virus. So much is up in the air right now that, you know, Canada is, it's, it's really in a tough spot. I will say, however, that the team, particularly, you know, at the high end with guys like Kirby Doc, look really good in those intra-squad games. 
that, that is the thing. You've got a couple of guys that are really shining through, but uh, usually we're talking about Team Canada by the time they actually get to play in the tournament. They've only really played two or three exhibition games against U Sports, and then two usually pre-tournament games against other teams of the tournament. So they didn't have a lot of time together as a unit. Uh, this year, they're getting 11 games of action before they actually begin. But, of course, that's the only 11 games a lot of those guys have played. And not everyone's going to get those 11 games either. Like, we're looking at if uh, New Hook and Dylan Hallway, if they make the team, they haven't participated in camp yet at all. And same with Deva, Devin Levi, if he makes the team as one of the goalies. So uh, I think kind of no matter what, it's, 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 it's different than usual for Team Canada, but it's not necessarily an advantage when everyone else has been playing. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I was just talking to an agent – you know, before we did this podcast and, and he was saying, man, like maybe they shouldn't have brought as many kids as they did. You know, I understand why they did it because they, they didn't have a baseline for the OHL and WHL kids heading into camp. And for that matter, some of the Quebec league kids had only played a couple of games as well, but you know, we kind of have an idea of who the favorites are for this team. I kind of wonder if they had pared it down to say 30 or 32 kids that, you know, maybe that was a little more containable. And then, you know, you're seeing more reps early on from those kids. Obviously, we're in a situation where everything is up in the air. And because of the bubble, you're doing things outside of your comfort zone as an evaluator for Team Canada. So it's not ideal for anybody involved. But you, you do what you got to do these days. Let's go south of the board with the next question. And I apologize, Jake, if I pronounce your last name wrong, Jake LaHoop. What's the deal with the NCAA transfer carousel? Could this affect whether prospects stick around in college hockey or even influence some of the top U18s in deciding whether to go to major, junior, or college? Yeah. And again, we're dealing with an unprecedented season where, you know, I think we're up to seven or eight, maybe even nine college teams that have said that they are not playing this season, uh, including Ivy teams like Harvard and Yale. Uh, and actually just before the podcast began, Phil Kemp, the Edmonton Oilers pick, signed with the franchise, uh, signed his rookie deal. He was supposed to be the captain of Yale this year, but obviously there will be no season for the Bulldogs. So I, I don't think this is something to be concerned about. You know, we're, we're seeing different transfer rules this year because things are so different. You know, Jack Adams, the Detroit Red Wings pick, has left Union and is going to Providence College. So he has a bit more of a schedule this year, hypothetically. Um, I, I do think that college is still a really good option. And, and I would say it continues to grow as an option for players. You look at the University of Michigan this year with Owen Power, who's Canadian, uh, Kent Johnson, also Canadian, and Maddie Beneers, you know, all three of those kids they could go top five in the draft mm -hmm. and, you know, in the early going, they're really showing that, you know, they're worthy of that. I think if you, if you look at that success they've had early on playing against great competition, if you're a young kid, you're saying, okay, well, if I can be that high on a draft radar and get a degree at the same time, because almost everybody that plays college hockey ends up getting a degree based on the stats um, it's a pretty enticing um, path to take. And you look at Adam Fantilli, mm -hmm. uh, who's probably going to be the number one pick in a couple of years. His options are still open. He could still go the college route. 
um, just like his older brother who's uh, committed to college. So I, I think it's still, I, I don't think this is going to have a big impact. I think a lot of people understand that this is like a very specific circumstance where, you know, a lot of these teams are not going to play this year because of the pandemic. Um, because if you look at major junior, most of those teams aren't playing right now mm -hmm. either. And we don't know. I mean, we, we assume they're going to start when they say they will, but there's no guarantees. And, you know, even early on WHL commissioner, Ron Robinson was saying they needed 50% fan capacity to, to financially viably have a season. And, you know, they've pushed their schedule back, but with the way things are going out West, particularly in Alberta, are they going to get that clearance, you know, come new year? It, that's not a guarantee by, by any stretch of the imagination. But like what we said before, when it comes to dates for schedules for anything involving hockey this year, just make sure it's in pencil because it could change quite often. Let's talk about a specific prospect this time. Anthony Louie, a longtime fan of the podcast, actually. Uh, he asked, how much are you buying into the rising hype surrounding Halifax Mooseheads forward Elliot Denoyers? He's getting a lot of press here in Philadelphia of his multiple four-goal games and is currently sitting third in the QMJHL in scoring. Do you think the Flyers possibly found a needle in the haystack with this kid or is it too early to say? Now, he is a fifth-round pick from 2020, and my notes said that this is a guy that I almost like him better when he doesn't have the puck because he's so responsible away from it. But this year, he's starting to really show some, some poise. I believe he's got 25, yeah, 25 points in 16 games. And last year, he only had 35 points. So he's starting to show a bit more offensive uh, potential, I think, this year. Yeah, and I, I am believing – in Denoye already. And the reason is last year he played for a really stacked Moncton Wildcats team and he was kind of buried. You know, you look at that Moncton roster, they had Alexander Kavanov, they had uh, Jacob Peltier, they traded for Benoit Olivier Gru, they had Gabriel Fortier, they had a couple of veterans in Mika Sear and Jeremy McKenna who put up a ton of points. That's your top six right mm -hmm. there. Uh, you know, Denoye, he, he didn't get those primo minutes and you know because he had that great motor you know he was still valuable to the Wildcats but in terms of a draft profile you really got to give props to the Flyers for doing their research I know they made some calls and you know sort of used their their network of contacts to to really dig in on Denoye and they thought they had something there and sure enough he gets traded to Halifax now he's the guy right now um, along with Zach LaRouze, the, the 2021 draft pick, who ironically was traded with him from uh, Moncton. So now Danny Oye is, is getting his shot and he's making the most of it. And, you know, what impresses me, he's definitely got some skill. And you're right, Stephen, you know, he's, he's got that 200-foot game, but he goes to the net as well. He's not a huge kid, but he goes to those greasy areas to get his goals. So he's certainly not living on the perimeter. He's earning these ones. So I, I think the Flyers just... Um, they won on this one. In the early goings, it looks like they are being rewarded for digging in and doing their research on what looks to be a hidden gem. When you have a guy who's playing most of his draft plus one year as an 18-year-old putting up these points, that's and as a fifth-round pick, that's tremendous value. And that definitely is looking like right now, you know, the Flyers might have something there. We're going to go on from a question from a guy named Jerry. And Jerry's actually asked a lot of questions, but I never type out his full name because it's a bunch of numbers and letters. But uh, Jerry asked, is a shortened season 
more favorable for rookies and prospects. 82 games is very often too much for rookies and prospects, especially the last 25 games or so. And I think that's one thing you see. It's, you know, you'll see guys who may have had a good start to the year that kind of just quiet off near the end of the year because they're not used to those 80-game schedules. Now, at the minor midget level with tournaments, they do do all that a lot, but it's a kind of a more condensed season, and it's also like sometimes three or four games in a weekend in a tournament, so it's a little different. But uh, do you see this as a thing where I think teams are going to start giving their prospects more opportunities this year just due to the length of games? Well, this is a really interesting question, and I don't have a definitive answer, but I, I will go into it. You know, there's several ways this can go because there certainly is the wall that players hit in their rookie NHL season. And we've seen it many times before where just the rigors of the pro lifestyle are very difficult on a young player. You know, even though the travel is very nice in the NHL, it's very, you know, go, go, go. And you're playing against men who are, you know, bigger and physical than you're used to. The speed of the game is like nothing you've seen before if you're a young player. So adjustments have to be made. Now, if we have a shortened season early on, maybe you get that jump. But at the same time, you might not have the same development time, say in training camp, exhibition season, as you might have liked before. You also have to consider, you know, what kind of roles are players going to get on NHL teams when things are shortened, possibly condensed, possibly being played in mini bubbles, are coaches going to be able to trust these rookies as much as they might have in the past because things are more concentrated? Now, obviously, this is all dependent on what the schedule looks like, so it's hard to say right now. But it's going to be very interesting because there's also a consideration of the salary cap. Mm -hmm. As we all know, Rookies uh, or just young players on their entry-level contracts have very favorable cap hits because they are limited by the collective bargaining agreement. So if you're a team that has been stung by that pandemic flat cap, you might have to reserve a couple of roles for kids on entry-level deals because you can't afford to have a $4 million player on your third or fourth line at, you know, at, this, at this moment. So I think there will be some opportunities for young guys and they'll certainly have to pick up speed really quickly, whether it favors them or not, I think is a, a really great X factor for this upcoming season, because there are just so many unknowns right now. Um, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I got one more question. It's from a guy named Brian Kennedy. So uh, I'm assuming it wasn't you just changing the spelling of your name, but uh, I thought that was pretty funny when we got that. So Ryan, thank you for asking the question. Leah Sanderson has looked good in Sweden this year, but we've seen that before. Do you still think he has a realistic shot at being a quality NHLer? And I guess it depends on what the term quality NHLer is. This is a guy who's already played parts of two seasons. I believe he only has nine points in like 66 games. So he's not a, not, not a, didn't have a great time in the New York Rangers system. He is now playing with the LA, or he is in the LA Kings system. I will also say people will always remember him for being in Sweden, or for being at the World Juniors and throwing his medal into the crowd. I will say this: uh, 
I think the organizers made a horrible decision of having the players walk through the main lobby way, the, like the away team, but walk through the main lobby way after the games, because after he did that, he had to walk past the media brigade and out into where all the Canadian fans were cheering and chanting. He's got his Jersey on with his name on. It's like, Oh man, you couldn't have organized that more poorly. I'm seeing that throughout the term and thinking this is going to really backfire. And then, that happens. So anyways, back to the question at hand. Do you think Lewis Anderson's going to have a good NHL career or is he still just really a fringe guy at this point? I have always been a Leas Anderson fan and that might color my opinion, but I, I think he still can. I think that he had some maturity issues early on with the Rangers, uh, which hurt him and, and set him back in his development now he's getting a second chance and being over in Sweden obviously helps because he, you know, he's in a comfortable place. I'm, I'm thinking that realistically at this point, Leas Anderson could be a solid bottom six guy. I, I think, you know, if you have him as a shutdown forward, I, I think he could still have value for you. And if you look at the LA Kings, it's not like they need high end young talent. I mean, they have a great pipeline going on now with Quentin Byfield, Gabe Velarde, Alex Turcotte, Tyler Madden. Like, they are not starved for youth. So for Anderson, he's going to have to carve out a niche, and it's probably not going to be on a scoring line. If he can use that two-way game that made him such a good junior player for Sweden, then I think he can still be an NHL, and I think he, he can contribute. Also, I think if he can learn from his past mistakes – then he can get there. It's, it's no guarantee, but I, I haven't given up hope just yet because I, I always liked watching him and, um, you know, he, he was a fun kid to cover at the World Juniors. He's a skilled player. He just, he just needs the right opportunity to come up. And, and I think LA might be the team to do it where they've got a young core that's coming up with some really talented prospects. All right, Ryan, that's all we have for questions. Coming up next, our interview of 2021 top draft prospect, Luke Hughes. We are joined here today by 2021 NHL draft prospect, Luke Hughes of the U.S. National Development Program. How are you doing today? I'm good. How about you? We're good. It's been, uh, of course, COVID's not a lot of fun. Uh, before we talk about how your season's going, though, I do have a very, very super important question. You could tell there's a bit of sarcasm in there. Uh, last year, Ken Campbell and I, we traveled to your house and we did a feature of Jack. And you said you were the best EA Sports NHL gamer of of your you and your brothers is that still the case? Uh, probably not. I I yeah I don't I don't really know um, anymore. I haven't haven't really played in a little bit. Um, back then probably yes, but right now probably not. So. You you did a lot of trash talking of your brothers, and uh, that was probably one of the highlights <laughs> of the whole thing. Uh, I do want to ask you, how does this season kind of feel though, uh, with everything going off COVID compared to any other season? Um, obviously it's a weird year, but, um, you know, we're just, we're just grateful as a team to be playing and, and be in training because, um, you know, players all over the world aren't playing right now and everything's shut down. So, you know, we're just, we're just lucky and we're, um, trying to take advantage of each day. I was curious too, just about the, the vibe around the team, because obviously you had that U17 year, uh, that was, fairly normal up until March and and now you're starting with all sorts of different protocols is is the vibe around the team uh different just in terms of every all the sort of hoops you have to jump through to to even get to those games 
Um, yeah. Uh, you mean, there's a lot of obstacles. Um, but, you know, we're just grateful to be playing. Um, you know, no one's playing. So right now we're just taking advantage of every day, um, trying to get better. So. Right on. And uh, a lot of success so far uh, in your games. I think you've only lost uh, once or twice uh, as, of a, as of this filming. Um, you know, with the NTDP, it's always a process. You know, you come in as a young 17-year-old or 16-year-old, I should say, and you're, you're building your strength, you're, you're getting your skills honed and whatnot. How does it feel to, to have things come together so quickly uh, with that U18 team? Yeah, I mean, we got a really good team. Um, last year, we, we, uh, we, we did pretty well as a team. Um, right now, we've played nine games um, and played pretty well. So uh, it's been good. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. Right. Now, as Steven mentioned, obviously, you're up for the 2021 NHL draft. And, and one of the big reasons that you're so highly rated is because of your skating. Is skating something that always came natural to you, or is it something that has just been a, a focal point as you've been growing up as a player? Um, growing up, we always worked on skating, um, just like edges on skating, but it's it's come natural. But um, through, it's it's obviously one of my um, great aspects in my game. But uh, so yeah. And obviously, we, with the draft coming up, you've had two brothers. You had one go first overall, another went top 10 with Jack and Quinn. Uh, what's the best advice they've given you heading into this draft year? Um, just that it's a long year. Um, you know, draft year is a long year with a lot of ups and downs. But um, just to stay level-headed throughout the entire year because it's such a long year, especially this year because um, of all the COVID stuff. You never know when your last game is going to happen, so. I'm just trying to get better every day right now. So, right on. And uh, you have committed to the University of Michigan. What went into that decision? Obviously, it's a, a program that's uh, close to home and, and, and very successful, but what was it about the Wolverines that really sold you? Um, well, obviously, watching my, my brother go through the process, going, going to Michigan for two years, he loved it. Um, you know, he really enjoyed his time there and he really got better there. So, um, you know, watching him go through that, I wanted, wanted that path for me too. Um, obviously the team's doing really well right now. And, um, so I'm really excited for next year. Uh, speaking of which, I mean, you're right. It's been an incredible start for Michigan, you know, Owen Power, Kent Johnson, Matty Beneers, all up for the draft this year as well. And you got guys like Brisson and Bordelow that are freshmen uh, that were NHL first round picks. How fun is it to, to watch that team right now, uh, knowing what you do about, um, you know, sort of what it takes to be an, an elite player and succeed? Yeah, it's, it's really fun watching them. Um, you know, they, they got a really good squad. Um, bunch of talent there so I'm I, I love watching them um, they're doing really well right now and obviously I'm, I'm really excited to, to be there next year right on and I was also curious you know when, when it comes to video um, what sort of NHL players are you watching for to 
to help influence your game? Like when you watch video, who are you trying to watch right now? Well, the three guys that I always really like to watch are um, obviously my brother, just, um, you know, watching him throughout. Um, Miro Haskinen, um, the way he skates and gets up the ice, um, the way he uses his size to his advantage. And um, right now I'm playing on the right side. So um, I really like to watch Shea Theodore because he's a lefty also playing on the right side. Um, you know, just trying to um, learn, get, get, see things that, you know, he's doing and um, just like trying to implement that into my, my game. Right on. Very good selections there. Uh, I got two more for you, Luke, and these are both NTDP questions. You know, there's obviously going to be a lot of attention on uh, all the players on your team this year, uh, since many of them are up for the draft. So I'm curious, as an insider, who do you think has been the, your best teammate on the team? Who do you think has been the best player on the NTDP so far this season? Um. I don't know if that's that's fair for me to say because we got so much talent and so many good players on our team. Um, you know, hopefully our goal as a team is to, to win the Worlds, U18 Worlds um, in the, the upcoming months. So, you know, we're just preparing for that right now. And, um, you know, we got so much talent on our team. Um, so hopefully we have a bunch of guys that go go in the draft. Right on, very diplomatic answer. Um, and, and finally, is there, a, is there a glue guy in the room that you think has been doing a, a great job for uh, the NTDP so far? I don't know. We got, we got a bunch of really good guys on our team. Um, you know, there's no bad apples. Just, you know, we're a really, really tight-knit team. And, um, you know, going through COVID – um, and all the protocols, um, it's, it's just made us tighter as a group. So, you know, there's, there's so many guys on our team that, you know, make our group um, so tight, so. Right on. Luke, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to talk to you and good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you.